10 newsletters max. So they opened everything. That's kind of what's happening now with SMS. It's going to end <laughs> or it's going to become less exciting. So now is the time to get on that train. Hello and welcome to the Optimized Store Owners Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We're your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Well, hello, hello. If you've been struggling with email and SMS and don't know exactly how to grow your list, make people click and expand your revenue, then this episode is for you. We had the privilege of interviewing Casey Luck. She's the founder of Luck & Co, an agency exclusively working with e-commerce, email, and SMS. Casey dropped so much knowledge and tips that my head was about to explode. In this episode, you'll learn the exact process of starting with email marketing, Casey's formula for writing email subject lines, and how does SMS and email email campaigns actually work together. Uh, there's a lot more in this episode. It's super packed. So enjoy. All right, Casey, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. So yes, uh, we're going to definitely link in your website here. But I mean, what's interesting is how you how you came to us. Um, it, it was really appealing because you really only focus on a, a really specific area that I think a lot of people kind of avoid, which is the email and SMS space. So um, give us a little bit, bit of a background of like of the email and SMS space, like how long have you been in that, what you guys are seeing right now, and then we can dive into some more tactics and strategies as as we go through this. For sure. So I personally have been in the email marketing space my whole professional career, I'm not sure, seven plus years, eight plus years, something like that. And I've previously been very focused mostly on B2B, some event marketing. Uh, but about two and a half years ago, I started an agency uh, where we specifically focused only on email marketing for e-commerce brands. And that's it. Like we don't work with anyone else. We don't do anything else but email marketing. And then we recently added SMS marketing as well. Um, I really like that. I'm an email geek uh, and an SMS geek now as well. Um, I get very good feedback from um, like the, the people who reach out to us and the brands who reach out to us because there are not a lot of um, teams or agencies that work specifically on just email. I do think it definitely gives us an edge um, and gives us an advantage because we can go very deeply. In terms of the specific e-commerce space, like we really work with any type of vertical. Uh, so very familiar, just kind of like with, uh, you know, like your typical Shopify brand. Um, they're like passionate founders started the brand with a product that they really loved. Uh, they produce it themselves. They market um, through usually Facebook, all, all of your regular social media, then they do email marketing. Um, so that's kind of the, the area where we play in. Very cool. I Yeah, I was going to say, we can definitely dive into that. And I, I also like, I think that's why it also intrigued me was that, yeah, there isn't really anybody out there or very few anyway, who do focus on that side. So tell us, um, let's, let's jump into this. Let's tell us a little bit about if I was just starting out or um, had just, not just starting on the brand, like, let's say I've been around as a brand for a while, but I really just started to focus on email because I feel like a lot of people are getting close to like, all right, I need to start paying attention to email. How would you how would you approach that if somebody came to you? They're like, hey, we have a successful brain. We're making multiple six figures or seven figures, but now we want to jump into email. What would you advise them to, to take action on? Yeah, 
Um, that's kind of like, that's a perfect case study because that's exactly the type of brand that comes to us that we work with. The first thing that you need to do is set up a really good email collection form on your website. Um, and essentially what I usually tell brands, like as an e-commerce, your first and foremost goal should be to convert visitors on your site into customers. Like you need to get to that. Uh, you need to move people to that action as soon as possible. The truth is most people won't convert into customers on their first session. You know, the conversion rate of uh, e-commerce website is around 3%. So 97% of people will leave. So your second goal becomes to convert as many of those people who would leave without making a purchase into email subscribers. Because as soon as they're on your list, you can continue marketing to them at a much, much cheaper price than you would have had to do if you were doing Facebook retargeting or anything like that. So um, set up a, a really good email collection, make sure that you're collecting people's email addresses. And then from there, I say automate everything that can be automated. And what that means is any event that <clears throat> happens on your website that can trigger a series of emails or even a single email that should be put in place because automated emails are more personal they have a much higher conversion rate by default because they're very timely and they're very specific in their content to what the person is doing and are looking is looking for. Um, so automate as much as you can. And what that means is, um, you know, kind of like the key uh, actions or the key events on, on the website that the customer takes or shopper takes that need to kind of be followed up with, uh, with an email series is when they subscribe to your list, that's your welcome flow. Um, when they start, a checkout, that's abandoned checkout flow. When they view a product, that's browse abandonment flow. There's another one in between that a lot of e-commerce brands miss and that is added to cart. So they're actually like most brands have browse abandonment and abandoned checkout, but between when you view a product and when you actually start a checkout, uh, there's also that added to cart action. So have a flow for that as well. Uh, so all of those are pre-purchase flows and then make sure that like most brands kind of stop at that. And if they have anything, they have that. But what I say, like, or at least for, for our team, we focus on retention as much as we focus on conversion. So everything that happens post-purchase is super important too. So have a flow that is triggered when an order is fulfilled. Um, and then kind of X number of days after the person place that order. So um, a reorder flow, maybe like 30 to 45 days after the person purchased the, the made the previous order, uh, a win back flow 90 days after they made the previous purchase and then didn't purchase on by themselves again. Um, and there could be a number of other different flows in between there based on whether you have a subscription program or maybe you have rewards and loyalty. Um, different brands do a lot of different fun stuff. So that can vary a lot. And then from there, like once you have a really great collection, email collection, and maybe SMS collection, if you're doing that too, and you have automated flows, make sure that you send regular email campaigns, email, like the difference between email campaigns and email flows is that campaigns are one-off and flows are automated. So with one-off campaigns, make sure that you're sending at least two emails per week. Usually that's kind of a good cadence. Bigger brands will want to send a little bit more often. And with that, just make sure that you segment really well. Like don't bombard everyone with two emails per week. That's like too much for a lot of people. And then there's a group of people for whom that might not be enough. 
So make sure that your most engaged subscribers hear from you most often, which means you send to them more often. Your at least engaged subscribers still hear from you. Make sure that you communicate with them, but like not twice per week. Um, yeah, and then just kind of like stay on top of it. Make sure that you review your dashboards, you review your reports every single month at least, week even better. I guess the the big thing that I would want to know from that too, right? You, we just started. We have an email list, but what's the best way to grow that email list? I mean, I know there's a pop up on the site, which assumes you have to have traffic. Are there any other ways or strategies to increase that conversion rate that they'll actually opt into your email list, or are there other places that you should be thinking about collecting email addresses outside of just the website? I would say that your website is by far the best and the most effective way to grow your email list um, because your goal is not to just grow the email list, right? Your goal is to grow the email list with qualified leads to use the B2B uh, lingo here a little bit. Basically, like you want people who would eventually convert into customers. And I suppose that when you drive traffic to your website, you kind of already done that pre-work of like targeting people and making sure that you're bringing the right people to your website. So having the right pop-up with the right offer, with the right timing on your website is by far the best way. Something we've experimented with, with some of our brands is um, partner sweepstakes and giveaways and stuff like that. You know, when multiple brands, multiple brands come together and they do a giveaway and everybody like chips in with their products or some prize and then the total prize is like a lot of money or like a lot of product worth a lot of money. Um, and every single brand in that partnership promotes the giveaway and then everyone shares the resulting email list. So we've done that multiple times. It's like a very tempting way and a very tempting thing to do because your email list does grow super fast. Um, but those people just don't convert like at all, at all. They don't convert, they unsubscribe in droves. So uh, or we've done that multiple times with multiple brands. We made a conclusion that it's just like, it's simply not worth the effort uh, and like the, the economics is not there. So I would really focus on just optimizing your form. Um, you can run a lot of A-B tests. Some of the major things that I would test is, well, A, have a separate desktop pop-up and a mobile pop-up. Those should be separated because visually they should be different to be optimized for the screen. Uh, and then the display behavior and or display settings should also be different because exit intent kind of doesn't work on mobile or like it, it's not effective on mobile. And then for desktop, it's one of the best ways to do, uh, best ways to show the pop-up. Um, like really experiment with your offer. I would say that is the biggest leverage for, um, for changing your submit rate for the pop-up. Um, one thing, like to give a very specific tip, one thing that we've been A-B testing for multiple brands is a percentage discount, kind of like your typical 10% off, 15% off for signing up or a mystery discount. We say, hey, like we've got you a welcome offer. It's a secret, sign up to reveal the coupon code. So that consistently overperforms a specific discount, even when the discount is 15%, I, I can't remember if we've tested 20% too, uh, but in all of the tests we've done, the mystery discount works really well. What else? Um, I guess for that mm -hmm. question, on like uh, going a little bit deeper, so what software are you using for the pop-ups right now or do you suggest for people to put the pop-ups to be able to do that? And then how do you implement that mystery 
uh, percentage? Is it just like already part of the flow once they pot it in and then it just, it's not, it's a mystery to them, but like, it's just an automated flow that just says you get, you know, a free gift or like 20% or whatever else. Yeah. Um, so like first, how is that executed on the back end with the welcome flow? Exactly. Like you said, um, you just set up a welcome flow. Uh, it's not a mystery to us. So it's not actually random. It like it's it's and we've we've gotten into like a discussion with one of our brands. I don't think that this is uh, like unethical or anything else because we're just saying we've got you we've got you a discount. We're not telling you what it is, but we know what it is. It's not like you know there's like a flying wheel thing on a lot of e-commerce mm-hmm. sites where like it kind of makes it seem like it's random, and sometimes it actually is random, even though like as an owner you set up the like the what is it like the possibilities or the chances the chances or percentages here we're just saying like uh, there's a discount waiting for you on the other end of this uh you sign up and you'll reveal what it is so yeah it's a welcome flow if it's an a b test um we actually also a b test the flow too so people who saw the variation a of the pop-up which said 15 percent off they receive like this path of the flow and then people who saw a mystery discount, even if it's also 15%, and even if the welcome email one is exactly the same, we still want to do a separate path because it's one thing to um, to see how that affects the submit rate of the pop-up, but we also want to see how that affects the actual conversion into a customer. So we still A-B test or like separate the welcome flow there. Um, in terms of the, the tech and the tools that we use for that, I really like to keep the three things on one platform, pop-ups, email, and SMS. And whenever I can do that, I will do that if that platform like gives me all of the features that I want. So we use Klaviyo for a lot of our brands and Klaviyo, like Klaviyo pop-up tool is pretty sophisticated or like they've, they've improved it recently quite a bit. Um, and one of the things that we really like and use a lot nowadays is multi-step pop-ups. And some of the other platforms actually don't offer that. So we stick to Klaviyo for pop-ups. Another email uh, email platform for e-commerce that does all three is Drip. So Drip also does pop-ups, email marketing, and SMS marketing. I just saw this thread on t- uh, Twitter where somebody was saying like, you know, Privy, like Privy is another uh, pop-up platform mm-hmm. that is popular with e-commerce brands. And they're like, how are Privy pop-ups like are always converting so much better than the Klaviyo pop-ups, even if they're the same. And if, even if this, the display metrics are the same and like the preview pop-ups tend to be shown to people more often. So it's not even just the conversion rate. It's that like a lot more people see the preview pop-up, even if all of the settings are the same. So like if you use something else and you're able to do what you want to do, I'm always like, I, I try not to move uh, brands or people to a different platform if there's no need for it because it's like a pain. So if you can do what I described or like you want you want to do this experiment and your platform allows for that, just do it on your platform. But we mostly do it on Klaviyo. So I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, that's something new for Klaviyo because yeah, we've been we've been um, experimenting out with other sources to be able to do something like that like in having one with a two-step so a two-factor or like yeah the two-step of email and sms um but you're saying clavio has the ability to do that though yeah 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 and not only two steps for email and sms something that we do is we would have like three or four steps 
and we'd ask for the email address first because we want to just like get pers the person on the list. And then in the second and third steps, we'd ask something that's um, like some qualitative information that really helps us get additional context on that subscriber and on that lead. For example, for some brands, like it's really critical for us to know their gender. Like as an example, we work with this brand, they sell men men's underwear and they're like very, uh, like their marketing and their language and their brand is very uh, male humor. They say things like palace for your phallus or like things like that. Hmm. Um, and then we started working with them and they tell us that like more than 50% of their first time purchasers are women. And we're like, oh, like we really need to know if we're talking to a woman or a man. Because if we like go with that like brand direction <laughs> on the penis jokes, uh, we kind of need to tailor them like just, you know, so we don't say like your penis. So we say your partner's penis or something like that <laughs> for right. women. And so we ask in the second step of the pop-up, we ask, are you shopping for yourself or are you shopping for someone else? And then in the third mm -hmm. step of the pop-up, we ask like, so far we asked like, what is your uh, preferred style of the underwear? But I'm thinking of switching that to like, what's more most important for you in underwear, like sustainability, comfort, colors, blah, blah. And then that helps us uh, really personalize the welcome flow uh, and com subsequent campaigns sometimes too. So yeah, Playdio allows to do that and they allow to add I think they allow to have up to five steps in your pop-up. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15-minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training wow i didn't realize it was it could be that many yeah we i mean it's a the the two step is something new ish uh for us too so that's um that's very powerful to understand so as far as the sms you talked on it a little bit right there like what would you say the percentage is like you guys are focused on email right do you drive with email and then sms is like a nice compliment or do you like how, how exactly do the two of them work together? Maybe some scenarios to that. Yeah. Uh, they definitely work together the best. Um, and just because we usually start with brands that already have a, like a pretty established email list. Um, our, our goal is to grow the SMS segment or SMS list as, as fast as possible. Like understanding that your SMS list will always be smaller than your email list. It's just like how things are. And it's, you know, fewer people want SMS marketing than they do email marketing. Um, so far, I would say probably like the SMS list is about 10 to 20% of the email list, so just in terms of sizing for most brands that we work with. And in terms of the revenue that it drives, it's between probably like one and 8%, but 8% being like on the, on the high end, on a very high end. Um, and in terms of how they work together, um, essentially anybody who is like, okay, so let's preface that with the way we normally or usually position SMS marketing as a channel is like, this is a even an even more personal channel than email, 
this is where you will get early access to everything. This is where you like, this is more of a two way street where you can reply to stuff and like get casual <laughs> with the brand. Uh, and like sometimes we send like different jokes or like little interaction points. So that's the positioning. Uh, and the early access in that is very important. So early access to sales, early access to products. Um, that's how we grow that list. And then in terms of how it works, when we actually implement and send communication, like we keep on that promise, like everything that we launch, um, products, colors, sales, uh, the SMS list hears about that first through an SMS campaign. And then we make sure that we have um, key SMS or yeah, text touch points in the automated flows. So in the welcome flow, in the abandoned checkout flow, um, usually in the post-purchase and or reorder flow as well, the people who signed up to hear from us uh, on their phones through SMS, they get an SMS message first. And then if they didn't act through that message, then they also receive email messages as well. And then for email subscribers, it just stays the same. They just hear from us uh, on email. If we're talking specifically about SMS campaigns and kind of how your calendar, content calendar would look like for a month, um, I know that I think Clavio recommends about two campaigns, two SMS campaigns per month. We usually send between two and four. Um, and we, uh, our goal is to get a balance of like engagement and fun and just like casual, <laughs> almost chit chat with subscribers and promotion, uh, sometimes sale sales. We don't actually do a lot of sales. Like most of our brands like don't discount ever. <laughs> so, uh, an SMS sale is a more of a rare occasion for us, but like product focused, um, conversion focused SMS as well. It is, uh, is the, so what's the difference in like a percentage of like total revenue too, right? So I know SMS is going to have a much higher open rate and potentially more revenue, but not obviously necessarily more profit, but like what, it, what have you guys seen, um, right? Does it make sense to add an SMS because you have to pay per message and sometimes that's expensive with Clavio or whatever else, but like, is the ROI there uh, for the SMS side as well? And like maybe the percentage difference between that and email? Yeah, I think the ROI is definitely there. So as I mentioned, um, the, like the total attributed revenue from SMS is a, like a bit, let's say like, around three or 4% for most of the brands that we're working with now, but also like most of them launched SMS like four months ago, maximum, five months ago, maximum. So super fresh. Um, so that's attributed revenue. But of course the SMS list is much, much smaller than the email list for all of those brands, which is why like the low percentage, their email, for example, is making between, I would say like 30, 35 percentage, meaning the 30, 35% of their total Shopify revenue is coming from email. Um, you said that the open rates are much higher. That's true. Like open rates are actually not trackable on SMS. I think most people don't realize that everybody's like, oh, SMS has like a nearly a hundred percent open rate. That's just kind of like an assumed open rate because you cannot track that at all with, with SMS, but the click rate is about 20%. I think like 20% plus uh, compared to email, like one to 3%. And then the conversion rate is in like, sometimes even early, double, early, <laughs> uh, low double digits. So like 6%, 7%, 10%, 12% conversion rate on SMS is very common. 
Whereas for email, that's usually zero point something percent, like 0.3% conversion rate for email is like more or less standard for like a non-sale campaign. So yeah, it like it converts really, really well. It's a, like really a really fast way to reach your audience uh, and to make like a lot of sales, especially if your list is larger. So I think it's definitely worth doing it. And there are people, I think there are definitely segments of people who like prefer SMS over email and they like they will open and they will act from SMS and they won't from email. So definitely uh, I recommend all of the brands get on SMS marketing. I kind of have this, uh, like I predict <laughs> that the SMS marketing uh, will become less and less effective over time, just like email marketing did, you know, like email marketing in the nineties was very fun and very sad I wasn't around <laughs> as a baby uh, during that time. But like when there was no promotions tab and when people only were subscribed to like 10 newsletters max, so they opened everything. That's kind of what's happening now with SMS. It's going to end <laughs> or it's going to become less exciting. So now is the time to get on that train. Cool. Uh, Casey, I do want to say uh, the and I, I sorry, I didn't mention this earlier, but I, th I thought it was genius, the whole uh, sort of mystery discount thing. And like, even when you were talking about it, I thought like, well, I mean, if some brands don't feel like it's ethical or whatever, like you could do like the A-B testing, right? Like you could do an A-B testing of 10% and then the other one for 15% or whatever. And then, I mean, the automatically take care of kind of giving them a random, mm -hmm. you know, percentage off. So I think that would be kind of cool to to experiment as well. And I never heard of that before. So that's actually really, really cool. Um, I do want to touch on uh, a little bit of the sort of manual campaign side of things. Um, and I know you said like, um, I, I believe you said two, two campaigns per week, I believe that's what it was. Um, maybe you can, yeah. Okay. So maybe you can touch a little bit on, um, maybe content of those. Um, I know you, you do have a few videos on YouTube on, uh, subject line, email subject lines and things like that. So, um, just kind of talk in general about, yeah, those, those sort of manual, um, email campaigns. For sure. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that I also have a slightly older video, uh, a few months old on YouTube on how I come up with a monthly email calendar. So like how we come up with all of the content for the month. Um, and I think that describes our pro process pretty well, but essentially, um, like actually now is like kind of the deadline when our that our team has to create the calendar for the next month so for they're working on april um and first we come to the brand like if you don't have an external email agency you just come to yourself <laughs> and you ask yourself as the brand uh like are we launching anything new next month is the, are there any products we want to highlight because they're either low or high in stock are there any promotions that we want to run? Are there any holidays that we want to highlight and that we want to acknowledge in our email marketing? So answer those four questions. That will probably give you like two, three, maybe even five ideas for what you should be talking about. And then fill out the rest with stuff like product features, uh, ingredients, materials, um, UGC, like whenever, whenever you don't know what to focus on in your email campaign, go to your product reviews, like read all of the reviews in a row for like two or three pages. There will be one review that will either be ridiculous or will be like very specific and very valuable. 
and just take that review and spin an email campaign around that. Uh, some, uh, some people in our team, Veronica, the copywriter in our team is amazing at that. Like she always comes up with the coolest ideas for campaigns that are like totally focused around uh, reviews. Another thing that you can do is go on your social media that has comments. So like Instagram, for example, your Instagram um, feed images, <laughs> posts. I'm not really good with social media posts um and read through the comments and sometimes you get like really cool comments there just take a screenshot of that uh, or like turn it into a gif and then do an email around like rave reviews or this is what people are talking about oh something cool that we did that's kind of in the like same area we like we've been working with this brand for two years and then randomly somehow we realized that they're super hot on reddit they're like threads and threads about this brand on Reddit. So we went to Reddit, like we read all of those threads. We took like screenshots or our designer kind of like recreated the look of Reddit in the email. And the subject line was something like Reddit doesn't lie or something like that. And we just featured what people mm -hmm. said on Reddit and like linked to it. Um, so like start with stuff that's like you have to talk about either because of your like inventory or because of the holidays that are happening and then fill fill in the gaps with UGC with your materials with like sustainability that's part of your brand and stuff like that and then arrange it on the calendar like do your own testing in terms of which days perform the best we kind of have our favorites and we tend to schedule campaigns on those days um, but it's different for every brand and um, that should put you in a very good position for a monthly calendar. I guess one other thing to to go about with the manual campaigns uh, in a video that I, I enjoyed, I watched part of the that video right, even before this was the the headlines, right? So what makes a good headline? What are you guys testing for headlines? Because um, I feel like that's the hardest part, right? It's, it's the most important, but sometimes the hardest thing to write. So any tips on that would be, I think, really helpful for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I love subject lines. Subject lines is the easiest part. It's so fun. Um, so the, our recipe is curiosity plus benefit, meaning that it can't be ran. Like, I mean, it can be random, <laughs> but it's not going, like, you're not going to get away with random subject lines for a long time. So that's why we say benefit. It has to hint at the benefit that you're covering in that email. But also if you're able, uh, add an element of curiosity so that, the person kind of needs to open the email to like fully understand what this is about. Another tip is I think uh, that a lot of like that's helpful for a lot of people who are newer to this is don't try to like cram everything you need to say in the subject line. Don't try to sell in the subject line either. Like it's not its purpose. The only goal of the subject line is to get the person to open the email and then like the goal of the, like above the fold area of the email is to get the person to read and then to click and convert. So the subject line is only there to get the person to open the email. Like you don't need to put the terms of your discount code in there. Um, in terms of shortness, like everybody talks about like, oh, your subject line needs to be between like eight and 16 char characters. And that's always funny to me because like, who's gonna count characters <laughs> in the subject line? So. I just say it needs to be as short as it can be, you know, like if you can do a short subject line, that's great. If 
in a particular situation, it needs to be like three, four, five words. That's fine. As long as there is a reason for it. And then another super, super, super important part, actually, I think it's more important than the length of the subject line is having a good preview text. Like really your subject line and your preview text, they should work together. That's how the person sees the email in their inbox before they open it. And if your subject line was good enough and catchy enough and they saw and read it, the next thing they're gonna do probably is, or like most likely is to read that preview text. So make sure that preview text is also working towards the goal of opening that email. And there was something else. Uh, 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 there was another thing that, that I really wanted to say on this topic, but it escapes me now. Um, well, make sure that you test it, meaning you send yourself and your team members a test, and then you see what that subject line and preview text, what they look like on your desktop and on your phone, uh, because the phone will cut out some stuff. So that's super important. Like your subject line needs to make sense on the phone and in mobile view, even if it like gets cut out. That's important. And that's like the most important aspect of the length of the subject line. I think that's it. I feel like I'm missing one important thing, but it will come to me later. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I have several notes just from literally that one section. That's a, obviously why you did a whole YouTube video <laughs> on it. Um, like a final question, I know we're kind of running in on time here, but um, yeah, final question here is like, do you guys do a mix of design and copy within it, right? So we we're mostly work with clothing stores. So we have a combination of like copy in the emails and sometimes it's mostly design and then back and forth. Like what's your guys' approach to like copy in the email? Like how do you guys view that? Yeah, we well, it's a very interesting question. I would definitely do both. In all of our emails, there's like a good amount of copy uh, and there's also like a lot of design in it as well. Um, we have really good copywriters who want to say more. <laughs> so our like strategy leads uh, and project managers kind of been like, let's make this shorter. Let's make this shorter. <laughs> um, but our emails probably have a little bit more copy than most e-commerce emails. Um, my approach to this is like people say that people don't read emails. That is true for some people, but some people do. Like some, you have readers on your list and you also have skimmers on your list. So people who will just skim through the email. And our goal is to optimize every email for both of those groups of people. So the, the person who is going to skim, we want to make sure that our headlines and subheadings with like within the email tell the story and help them orient within the email and that the calls to action in the buttons are also very descriptive and help them get where they would want to get. So that's for the skimmers. But we also recognize that there will be like super fans and people who do want to read and they do need more context to, to decide whether they want to click through or not. And so we want to make sure that the there is copy in the emails for those people too. And then it's just a balance of like not making this a long letter because like 99% of people don't need that from an e-commerce uh, email, but also do give people the context. And like, I do think it depends on the industry. So maybe, actually, I don't know. It depends on the industry, but it's um, like, the goal of the email is to convert a person into a customer. 
If they're on our list and they're not a customer yet, that's because they're not convinced yet that they need this, that they want to make this purchase. It's either because they have very clear hesitations, like, oh, I'm wondering about this, or I wonder if like this is going to be durable enough or whatever. Or they just like haven't seen enough reasons like pro-conversion, like why should I buy this? And like words solve those problems. Yeah, you can like show them images, but the image will only do so much. And that's when I say like, yeah, it's specific to an industry. Maybe there are industries and products that are like very impulse purchase and like I see this and I want this. But for most products, like I need to understand and learn and be convinced why I need this in my life. And words do that job. So you definitely do need words and emails as well. So powerful. Uh, I mean, I have uh, literally a whole page of notes here. Um, Casey, what is a great way for people to connect with you to work with your guys' agency to help them with email and SMS? Um, and then also just find out more about you in general. Is What's a, what's a great way to connect with you? Um, I would say the first place to go is probably the YouTube channel. It's Casey Luck um, on YouTube. Just type that in and I should pop right up. Um, there's a bunch of free content. We work really hard on getting more of that content out. It's it's a little hard for me because I also have to run the agency. So it's like a, a side hustle, <laughs> but we try to put out a video per week. Um, and then my LinkedIn, also just Casey Luck on LinkedIn, follow me, connect with me, reach out to me uh, via direct message there. That's the best way to contact me directly. And then also on our site, if you are an e-commerce brand making, um, six or seven figures in revenue, in total revenue. We work with companies of that size. So just go to our website, luckandco.agency, and there's a button to schedule a call um, and we can we can connect that way too. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was really impactful. And I know Christian and I are going to be talking over these notes as soon as we get off of here. So thank you so much, Casey. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.